0: Welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, I'm delighted that Harvey Mansfield joins She Thinks to discuss cancel culture and the woke attitudes pervading college campuses. Harvey C. Mansfield is the William R. Keenan, Jr. Professor of Government at Harvard University. His many contributions to the study of political philosophy include translations of Machiavelli and Tocqueville, nine books and extensive scholarship on a broad range of subjects and Commentary on Contemporary Politics. Dr. Mansfield, a pleasure to have you on She Thinks today.
1: Well, it's very good to be here. Thank you.
0: So to just start with a little bit of background, I was doing some more research on your bio, and it said that you have been on faculty at Harvard since 1962. So that's been a while. What has it been like okay. with your time at Harvard University, yeah. which typically is not favorable to some of the the thinkings and the writings that you have had over the years?
1: Well, that's right. Uh, so I've been here even longer than from 1962 because I— Came first came to Harvard as a freshman in 1949. So I've been at Harvard Harvard about uh, 70 years. (laughs) Uh, Spent my life here, in fact. Um, And I enjoyed it. It's a good place to be. uh, And it certainly has developed in those uh, 70 years that I've been here. And it's... um, I saw through the turmoil of the late sixties and, uh, and the consequential uh, the, what they called uh, the the tenuring of the nineteen sixties radicals, which has changed the, the um, po- political character of of Harvard as well as uh, most other American universities. So, um, and I've seen uh, the coming of Coeducation at Harvard, and um, um, also the, the introduction in, in the 1970s of uh, a much greater influx of, uh, of African American students. So I've uh, I've seen those things, and, I, and right now uh, we've come to a kind of climax of what is called a woke culture. That is a, a culture of uh, Activism, the university should be uh, active in the pursuit of justice or social justice, they say, although I think all justice is social. Um, so uh, a uh, university can't just be contemplative. Um, and so the, the, you could say that the motto of Harvard is or has been veritas, which means truth which is that uh, the university thinks of, it, of itself as a place where uh, you cultivate the mind. That's the main point. And a student comes here for, for, to the college for four years to learn something. But now uh, the, the, the purpose is more to do something. And, and in our unofficial motto, has changed from Veritas to, to change. And uh, our officials, the president talks about the, the um, focus of, of Harvard and other universities as changing society or as keeping up with change in any, day, in any, in any case. So, so activism, that is that a student should um, not be studying the whole time that should take time off from studying and a good deal of time off um, to promote uh, political causes, and especially to protest. So at the universities right now, uh, the protesters or or to protest is considered a wonderful activity. Protesting is better than free speech. (coughs) Free speech is uh, making an argument. And talking to other people so that they will listen and them, giving them reasons for the positions that you take. If protesting is uh, walking in the streets or running or demonstrating, or in, in some, it's a, there's a certain unruly character to it, and protest uses mottos or slogans. So it doesn't, you know. There's no real real reason to attach to them, say, no justice, no peace without justice, for example. That's a complicated proposition. (laughs) And you try to reduce it just to four words and you shout it. And that's all that is activism.
0: And so on that, I know, I think back when I was in college, I could get extra credit for participating in some type of community events, whether that was elections or volunteering at a nonprofit. It's, has it now moved into curriculum, part of the curriculum for certain areas of study is mandatory activism? Has activism become part of the curriculum?
1: Uh, not, not to any great extent, I don't think. Um it's part of the curriculum in that it's uh it's justified or people talk about it, or the um the unit the deans and the president urge students to be active in politics so it, 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 I, it, it's not that. being at college is not uh, presented as as an opportunity to think about things and and discuss things with other students it's more uh an opportunity to pick up values. That word is used a lot. Values. That's what classes have to be um, devoted devoted to presenting values, and things to believe, not so much things to think about. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get quite as specific as uh, mandatory protesting. Well, <laughs> it. Uh, it, it it urges that, and uh, and and the students do that a lot. There, I when I first arrived at Harvard, it was uh, you had to study pretty hard in order to keep up with things. But now, uh, although it's difficult to get into Harvard, once you're here, uh, the amount of work required is is much reduced. And so, so
0: you. Yeah. You gave a timeline to start us out on different things that you've seen in different decades while at Harvard and working in academia. How would you say this activism, this wokeness, another term that we use, how did this become so pervasive and now the prevailing thought that it's more about feelings and activism than actually getting to truth?
1: That's true. I think what you said, um, well, um, I think it really begins with the late 60s and the protest against, against the Vietnam War and the protest against uh, the universities as uh, custodians of the status quo. The universities, know they should be uh, revolutionary. Even they should they should be nonconformists. They should uh, um, raise uh, doubts about government policies and. Uh, and classes should be devoted to that. So after the late 60s, um, our, our classes became increasingly politicized. When I was first here, uh, a student wouldn't, wouldn't know for sure what the politics of the professor was. And uh, there was a kind of mix of Republicans and Democrats. But now there's, uh, there's no longer a mix. There's almost zero Republicans in, um, on that. Harvard faculty, and the Democrats are mostly of the most liberal and progressive variety. So, and each, each class is, 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 is permeated with um, um, political. Indoctrination isn't quite the term because they don't teach you things to say or do like a catechism, but uh, it's all very one-sided. So uh, and that, and that's become a real impact. That's what's happened. And now, when the politics of the country at large is so polarized, same, the politics of the university has become uh, much more concerned and uh, urgent and, and um, um, something you have to do right away and uh, most Convince yourself and others to to well, it's now called be, become awake or woke, as if you were asleep and suddenly you're awake, and uh, that makes you aware. You don't you don't have to think. Uh, all you have to do is wake up, and that means uh, understand things as uh, as is, as it is prevent- presented. Now, you see this first in, um, in, in, in controversy over race and so-called systemic racism um, that, um, that the universities want to accuse themselves of and also the rest of society. So uh, they, they say that America suffers from systemic racism but that is a kind of racism which is, is so deeply uh, ingrained in us that we hardly realize it. If you asked us, are we racist? We would say no. Why we oppose racism? Anybody who says something which seems to be racism will find his uh, career shortened, his reputation gone, and, um, and, and, and it will, will definitely not be listened to. But um, it's still supposed that um, the racial thing, gap that remains, between blacks and uh, and and whites and uh, and Asians, on the other hand, um, is is the fault of uh, of America of of our of our uh, of our society. And you see this. You uh, saw this at Harvard and controversy over uh, um, the word master. This happened uh, three four years ago. But well, I use it as an example because it's uh, in a way so so silly. There are, at Harvard, the dormitories are called houses, and Yale has uh, the same thing, colleges. And and in both places, the head of the of the college or the house was called a master. <laughs> and uh, and Harvard suddenly decided, and Yale did it at the same time, that the word master meant a slave master. And and it's, this was a, a, a kind of justification of slavery to use the word master to designate the head of a, of a house or a college. That's so ridiculous. The, the word master also means to master something, to be well versed. And so, same as uh, what's the conductor of a symphony called, maestro. That's just uh, Italian for master what kind of degree do you get after you get a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. That doesn't mean you're, you're a slave master. But So this sort of infantilizing this silly um, objection was uh, enforced on the two universities and they quickly and eagerly almost changed the name of the head of these houses to, to something else, some kind of team. And so this is, mean, you know, an example of of of, um, of the of the conformity of view that you get in, um, in the major. Well, not and just major, but all American colleges and universities sure. right now.
0: And so, with this conformity, so the fact that. Vigorous debate and discussion about issues doesn't seem to be allowed anymore. So take the issue of race, for instance. If somebody wants to present a different view or have a dialogue about this, it seems that yeah. it's shut down more than encouraged. and that and this is what's been concerning to me is the um, the assuming ill will by the person who may have a different opinion. That uh, they obviously have bad intentions if they don't agree with you. What does that lead to, if even within a uh, Ivy League university like Harvard, when vigorous debate is not encouraged, what does that mean for the young people learning? What does that mean for what you called Veritas truth to begin with, if we stop debating and discussing issues?
1: yeah, it it, it means that our our society is is gradually transformed into. Um, a kind of despotism in which uh, there's only one way to think and one way, therefore, to act, and then, and that there there can't be different parties or factions or opinions. There can't be diversity of thought. Right? So the the uh, uh, the universities today speak of diversity all the time. By but by that they mean uh, people with uh, people who wear skirts and have different color skin, uh, diverse in that way. That is in those those ways which don't have too much to do with cultivation of the mind uh, and not diversity of thought. So diversity in those, in in race and sex comes out to mean lack of diversity in thinking. And that's so, so or it, it kind of seeds um, the, this, this um, un, unthinking partisanship. Now, the universities are almost all on the left, on the side of the, of the Democrats. So in that way, they make themselves uh, un, un, uh, unacceptable almost to the, for the rest of, of the country. Uh, which we're, our, our country is pretty evenly divided between two parties. Um, if you look at the last um, sort of half century of, of presidents, we've gone back and forth from one party to the other, and it's about half and half. So, so what, they, what the universities are doing is turning their backs on half the country and gratuitous, gratuitously make, making themselves obnoxious and you see this, too, that uh, they're beginning to be taxed. Harvard has gotten taxed. Uh, and they also are beginning to attract um, adverse action from Department of Justice and the Department of, of Education. So, so, so the other side that listens to this and wonders, what, is, what, are the university, what does the university have for me? And instead of taking this as uh, a way to or a reason to rethink what we're doing, then what happens is the university becomes still more um, in, 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 in engaged in themselves, still more partisan on one side of all the issues. So, and
0: what, what is this?
1: With, yeah.
0: I was just going to say, Go what is this meant for you personally? So you're somebody who does encourage rigorous debate. So being at Harvard as long as you have, what have you faced? I know you've been disinvited um, to speak when you've been invited at other colleges before. Is this something that you have to defend on a regular basis? This idea that challenging the mind is an important thing?
1: I have to and defend it every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the experience of being uh, disinvited in a, in, in, to um, Concordia College in, in Canada. Where I was going to give um, uh, a, a, a a commencement talk, and um, and they found out that I had opinions that they didn't like, so they so they yeah uh, actually disinvited me, they, uh, pretending that uh, oh well this was just the beginning of an invitation they had formally issued the invitation, and, and they they didn't apologize. So, um, you know, and, and I mean that's kind of an, uh, an insult. Uh, it is an insult, but it didn't really bother me. What bothers me more is just the daily um, one-sidedness of discussion in universities now. I had an, a, a student, a young woman from Iran in my class two years ago, and she told me, she said this, she said, uh, in Iran, you have to be very careful about what you say in public. But you can, it's pretty free to say what you want in private. Here in America, and then she said, and especially at Harvard, it's the other way around. So students have a kind of uh, very cautious life. They're af- afraid to express themselves unless. They are uh, on the most extreme end of of progressive thinking.
0: And, and what is it?
1: Yeah. I, darn, I see I was- this, but I, yeah, I hate it.
0: And one of the questions I had for you, so obviously IWF stands for Independent Women's Forum. So we uh, try to f- work on policies and uh, initiatives that help women out there. I thought it was something that was really interesting in 2019, you wrote in a Wall Street Journal op-ed that when you die, I wish it said, so this is the quote, when I die, I wish it said that I gave my best to my female students. What do you mean by that quote?
1: Um i uh yeah the, uh, the, I, I many of my best students have been women and um I, and it's it's true I, I i tried to um um give them my best in the sense that the, they they uh they're different they uh, they think a little bit differently even though when it comes to political philosophy, which is what I teach, uh, there's no uh, feminine or masculine point of view, but um, they, they uh, face the um, challenge of living under uh, an extreme feminism in, uh, in the university today. Yeah, you can see that feminism in the uh, in the great controversies we're having over transgender sex, transgender people. That um, um, the the genuine feminists, you might say, those who um, are really biologically women, um, are, are worried that the transgender folks will will come and. Um, and take away the privileges or the advantages that are afforded to uh, afforded to women, for example, women's sports. So, a transgender person, is really a male, who um, wants to be a woman, can uh, enter a woman's sport and 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 win easily because he's really a male. Now, um, it's interesting that. Feminism uh, in a, uh, has a long history, and uh, in the 19th century, uh, the feminists all believed that women were different. Women were di- better than men. They were more moral. But in the 20th century, uh, feminism said that women are not different. Women are not only equal to men, but they're the same as men. And so one consequence of being the same as men is that uh, um there's not much difference between a man and a woman, and if you want to declare being born a man that you're really a woman, your identity is is, is in the other sex there's nothing that uh, ought to um, stand in your way so um it's and the women become are are really under the, uh, a, a real kind of interdiction they we don't, um, they're not allowed to be women as women and yet, uh, sort not satisfied with being, uh, imitation men. So that, uh, that, that I think is a, is a peculiar situation, especially even of, of, um, educated women today, we don't know and- whether to be equal or to be women and, uh, and therefore, uh I, to be equal means not to be a woman it means to imitate men do what they do, and not to be a um not to be a man seems to be uh, then that, that that means you're accepting uh less in a in a life in a life of being the second sex so it's typical th- for women these days
0: yeah, one of the things I've seen just in my working career, and I've worked in D.C. for 20 years now, is when I first came to D.C., it seemed that women were encouraged to wear kind of the boxy suit to dress similar to men. And just from a fashion statement that women wear dresses now, more feminine, but still are leading companies and um, doing amazing things in politics and business, I feel like there is a switch that women are allowed to be uniquely female, but also still be treated equally in the workplace. And I I just wanted to comment on that, that I've seen the change in a positive direction over the years, but I agree with you. There is that big concern about biological men who identify as women um, entering things like sports, because there are physical differences between men and women. Um, So I, I find that area just fascinating. The last question I have for you, I think, when it comes to higher education and academia, the pandemic has changed so much. Um, a, lot of, a lot of young people aren't even able to meet in, in person, in classes anymore. There's the online world. There's also the rising costs of college tuition. And when you add to that what we've been talking about, that is this activism and wokeness that we see on college campuses, do you think that we are going to see a decline in attendance in higher education due to all these factors?
1: I mean, we we may well see that decline. Yes, uh, because it doesn't seem it's certainly not worth it to pay seventy thousand dollars to sit at home and take your classes on Zoom. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so a lot of right. a, a lot a lot of students are essentially taking the year off, whether they're actually enrolled or not, and um, and, and it turns out that I mean, being with yourself yeah, for a year isn't that, or, or for what looks like a year, isn't a very good way to live. They're bored. This may be one of the factors behind the, uh, the protests in the streets. The students really don't don't have much to do right now. And they went to college, so to speak, in order to get away from home, and now they're back at home, or they're some other place. Um, but but yeah, they're very much on, on their own it, it forces each person into a kind of individualized existence. And you, you feel small. You feel as if uh, there's nothing important about me, nothing interesting that I can do. And you're sort of at a loss and flailing around. And the whole experience of of college uh, seems to be spoiled insofar as, as um, as the virus is still with us. So whether this will have uh, long-lasting effects, I, th- I think it may well. Just the uh, technical um, possibility of, of teaching courses uh, online instead of in a classroom. But let me tell you, online is definitely very inferior to a classroom.
0: And I think it's hard for, especially hard for teachers, professors as well, Um, But we thank you for joining us virtually for our audio podcast today. No video involved, but we had audio. And we just want to personally thank you for the work that you've done over over the years and also to stand up for diversity of thought and encouraging people to still continue in vigorous debate and that that is a vital part of society. So thank you so much for your work and also for joining us on She Thinks Today.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: And Thank you for joining us. Before you go, Independent Women's Forum does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. An investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. Please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It does help. Also, we'd love it if you shared this episode and let your friends know where they can find more She Thinks episodes. From all of us here at Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening.